The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. We have a special treat today. We're going to be talking about uh, uh, some a very important movie that came took place back in 1968 and again in 2005 called yours mine and ours and it convinced us of the warmth the love and the consistency of a blended family of the two parents played by lucille ball and henry fonda first and later renee russo and dennis quaid and the eight north children and the ten beardsley children when that show came out what we thought was wow what a wonderful thing to blend these two families and we all believed that this was a a wonderful and romantic and a possible thing but tom north was one of those children in his book true north exposes the truth of the real family dynamics his is a story of inspiration survival and hope in which the eight north children adopted by their stepfather became the beardsley family but it wasn't one big happy family as has been depicted in the movies. The stepfather's violence and abuse created a life of intimidation, confusion, turmoil, fear, and depression for all of the North children. This fact was revealed years later as Tom, traveling his own journey of survival, self-discovery, and healing, also led his other family members to therapy. If you're trying to reclaim your authenticity, if you're trying to heal, this show is for you. You want to hang with us. I want to tell you a little bit more about Tom. He's a writer and a poet and an adventurer. As the 11th of the 20 Beardsley ch- children made famous in the film Yours, Mine, and Ours, he has firsthand experience of what it was really like to grow up in that famous family in Carmel, California. Having spent his formative years in the forests of the Pacific Northwest, Tom was always guided to seek solace and sanity in nature and later Eastern meditation. He's a successful financial advisor, a writer, a poet, and a motivational speaker. Tom has written extensively about scuba, di- scuba diving, jade hunting, and the wild- in the wilds of the Big Sur, and spiritual topics as well. He's the author of True North and is now working on his second book, The Economics of Spiritual Transformation, which I'll be anxious to hear about that one as well. Welcome, Tom, to the Authentic Living Show. Thank you, Andrea. Well, so we, we have a lot to talk about today, and I really want to sort of jump right in there. If you don't mind, if you'll just sort of give us a basic overview of the story of, of the, the Beardsley family. Sure. A little, a little backstory will help your listeners there. Yeah. So, so in 1960, my father, Richard North, was killed in a training exercise. He was an aviator for the United States Navy. And he left my mother, Helen North, pregnant with seven children already and one on the way. So 15 months later, after the death of, of Richard North, 
my mother, Helen North, married a man who had 10 children, and his name was Frank Beardsley. So 8 and 10 is ridiculous, but that's what they did. And it attracted a lot of attention because it created one of the larger families in the country, and the merger of two large families is unusual. So uh, it was in the newspapers, and Lucille Ball saw the story in the media, and she called my mother and stepfather and said, I want to make a movie about the blending of these two large families, keeping in mind that this was the early 60s and the television fair of the day was was situation comedies about white suburban families like Leave it to Beaver and Ozzie and Harriet and My Three Sons and so on. Uh, the Donna Reed Show was another one. And, and so... She wanted to make the great American sitcom, but this one on steroids. And she was successful at doing that. So in 1968, the film was released. It was called Yours, Mine, and Ours. And it starred Lucille Ball and Henry Fonda as Frank Beardsley. And it was a critical and box office success. It was the fourth highest grossing film of 1968. And Lucy won a Golden Globe for her role as my mother. So that's the backstory. Okay. That all sounds really good so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. It does. The irony is, is that Frank Beardsley was psychotic. And the reason my mother married him, she shared with me many years later, was that when she met his children, she saw 10 children living in abject terror for their lives and she was afraid he was going to kill them. So she figured the way to remedy this situation was to marry him and save his children from him and save him from himself. So she was what I refer to as a good Irish Catholic martyr, and she felt that this was the way to fix the situation. What she did is she took her own eight children into a very dangerous environment and she lost control of it. Mm-hmm. And never had control, actually, but thought she did. That's correct. Yes. That's correct. Yeah, so that was fe- it was intimidating for you and for your siblings. And uh, you had another sibling who got the, it seems to, and it's always the case, or, or very often the case, that one child gets picked out to be the one that gets it more than other children, not that other children don't get it. But uh, Dick looked a lot like your father, your biological father, and he was picked out to be Right, that was my older brother, Nick. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's a common theme, and and we're going to talk just a little bit about that, but I really want to focus on the other end of this story uh, as we talk today. I think what I want to say is this is a, a common problem. It has not gone away. Um, we are becoming more and more aware that child abuse and child neglect is a very common thing um, around the country. And if we were to be able to take statistics 
of it, I think we might find that somewhere one in three families, uh, there's some pretty serious abuse or neglect going on. So um, those are just my statistics in my head, just based on my anecdotal stories from my 33 years as a therapist. But um, I do think it's a big, big problem. And uh, the reason we don't know more about it is because it's kept secret, and it was kept secret for you and your family members too, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And unfortunately, I think you might be conservative in your estimate there uh, that it might affect uh, a whole lot more American families than than we know of. Uh, But it was a secret in the family. And in fact, uh, my mother was so focused on promoting the public image that was created by the film that she threatened me with my life if I ever told anyone what went on in that house. Mm. So that felt like just another betrayal then there. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, it was. Frank went after one of my sisters one night and I stepped in the way so she could escape. And uh, after he picked me up and threw me across the room, uh, I got up and went out and found my sister. And with another one of my older sisters, we went up to the local Catholic church to get help uh, with, with this totally unmanageable situation. I was 10 years old at the time. And... I explained to the priest what was going on, and after having done so, he looked down at me, and he said, Tommy, he said, I want you to go home and apologize to your father. And I said, well, he's not my father. And he said, well, of course he is. He said, now, I also want to see you in church on on Saturday morning, young man, to confess these sins of calumny. And calumny is the the, uh, sin of saying something bad about a person who is in a position of authority. Mm. So we were uh, abandoned and rejected by the the Catholic Church in our plea for help. And the next day when I got home from school, my mother called me aside and and, uh, really severely threatened me if I ever said anything again. Wow. Yeah, yes. And unfortunately, that's very common that that somebody in the family threatens to tell to 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 not to not allow someone else to tell the truth or that it's uh, based in shame that we don't tell the truth because we're we we somehow feel like we've done something wrong when actually that's not the truth at all. And so so that. Yeah, it's so common. Uh, that victims of domestic violence and child abuse end up wrapped in a blanket of shame and a feeling of guilt that maybe they did something wrong to deserve this terrible treatment and that they really can't say anything about it. And that's the pattern. Yeah, and, and, you know, just from a psychological perspective, um, and you probably already know this and have figured it out inside yourself as well as working with other members of your family, that the, one of the reasons why that is is because children have a tendency to say to themselves, I can fix this, I can make this better. If I'll just be good, 
then they won't do these things. And it's a kind of bargaining with reality, and it's a stage of acceptance where we, we have to grieve these terrible things. And and so we can get stuck right there and believe that we're somehow the problem. And uh, obviously in this case and in every case of childhood abuse, the child is not the problem. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So... All right. I want to talk a little bit about nature. Nature seems to have been something that was very healing for you. Um, and, and it is for many. There's been several people who have written about how na- survivors of childhood tra- trauma and abuse uh, report nature being giving them some tools for healing, just being in nature. I want to talk to you a little bit about that. How did that impact you? Well, nature doesn't lie. And nature doesn't abuse people. Now, people may put themselves in situations which are uh, a little bit dangerous, but that's not nature's fault. And so uh, where I was, I was very fortunate to have an ocean nearby and a river and woods and mountains. And so I would go to the, the natural environment to seek solace and to just find peace of mind and and peace in my heart. And I feel very fortunate to have those resources available. Some people don't have that, especially in urban areas. Uh, But it was a a source of sanity for me, and I'm very grateful to have had that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I love the way you said that, nature doesn't lie, because I, I think that's at bottom, our nature as well, and we resonate with our truest natures in, in that we, we find something that's true and we, we go there. That's why this show is called Authentic Living, because we're trying to help people get to that place that's deep inside that is nature. And it's just very natural and it doesn't lie. And it, um, it, Like our bodies, it doesn't lie. Like our intuition, it doesn't lie. But I, I think the thing that's interesting there is that I have known personally, and it's also happened in my life, that people who resonate with nature, find it very easy to move into Eastern religion or Eastern meditations um, because it, it makes sense. Do you, do you think that's true? I do, and there's actually a very good explanation for that. And that is that in nature, uh, the, the average vibration, the uh, hertz, that's H-U-R-T-Z, the hertz, uh-huh. Uh, which is the average cycles per second that any environment vibrates at. Uh, it ranges between 6 and 10 with an average of about 7.4 cycles per second. All natural phenomenon vibrate at approximately 7.4 cycles per second. And so we're drawn to things like the ocean and the waterfalls and natural environments because that's also the vibration of our brains. So we are creatures on this planet and we have a connection to our natural environment because we all vibrate at about 7.4 cycles per second if we're allowed to. So interestingly, when we meditate, uh, and when when people are attracted to Eastern meditation meditation techniques, we get more in touch with our inherent nature, mm-hmm. which is the same as as all of our natural environments around us. Yes, yes, 
Very well said. Thank you. That I didn't know that about the vibrations. That's very interesting. Um, you know, I think the more we learn about what's really going on below the surface scientifically, the more we learn what's going on below the surface spiritually as well. I think there's that that um, that connection, even though science and, and religion, so to speak, are, are at odds a lot. I do think we can learn so much from what we what is true about the world and how, what is true about us and our bodies and our minds. So there's you, more, there's, yeah, there's ahead. more and more research uh, as we as we develop technologies that are specifically addressing the way the brain functions. We're able to look into the brain and see which different parts are activated and deactivated at different times in our lives under different sets of circumstances. And there's more and more research uh, which allows science to peer into the spiritual side of life. And I was just having a conversation with a, 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 a person this morning who is a meditation teacher, and we were talking about Dr. Norman Rosenthal, who has uh, compiled over 300 scientific studies on the functioning of the brain during periods of meditation. And the results are overwhelmingly that this is a very, very, very positive, very healing thing uh, for people. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you you spent a lot of time in the in in nature. Where did you start to make the transition, and what did you get from nature that really was helpful to you in your healing process? Well, again, to anything that could have gotten me out of what was a very damaging domestic environment would have been a, a plus. You know, there's the old saying, uh, I've been down so far, everything looks like up to me. Yeah. And that's kind of the way it was in my life. And so when I would go to the ocean or to the river or the, the, the mountains, uh, it was just life-saving for me. And I just was able to calm down and realize that my entire life wasn't going to be like this horrible domestic environment I was experiencing. And that's really what nature gave me. Wow. And that's very, very helpful so that you can see a future that's beyond that. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I have, uh, I don't know whether you ever read the book, uh, The Drama of the Gifted Child by Alice Miller. Um, she uh, yeah. is a psychologist that wrote yeah. about, you have read that book? I haven't read it. I have seen the book and it's on my list. Yeah, it's definitely a good read, and it talks about some of this very stuff that that nature is one of the things that children, particularly children who've been sexually abused, uh, but also any any kind of trauma, uh, resonate with nature because it feels safe, it feels nurturing, it feels loving, and it and it's not a uh, there's no threat there. Although yeah. some people would say, well, yeah, well, there's snakes in the woods, and there's you know there's there's animals out there, but you know it it. It's not all the same. There's not a um, underlying kind of malevolence there. Right, right. And the interesting thing about all those animals in the woods is they reflect back to us the emotional energy that we project. Beautiful. Yes. Let's talk some more about that after the break. And we're going to come back and talk some more with Tom North about his book, True North, The Shocking Truth About Yours, Mine, and Ours. Stay here. 
the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you a spiritual seeker? Have you always pondered the deeper questions in life? Have you looked at many spiritual paths and found some answers but are looking for more? The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse, brings you each week practical spiritual teachings and tools that promote self-mastery, higher consciousness, and the opportunity to connect with the Ascended Masters. Join Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy as we explore the universe of spirituality. Live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the 7th Wave Channel. Much can be learned from the new children who embody a higher vibration and consciousness. However, the world we live in has not always been understanding of the gifts, differences, and awarenesses that they contribute. Listen for Journey with the New Children, Teens, and Adults, presented by Saturn Three Light Flyers. Each week, hosts Michael and Janice Bordway, along with their son and frequent guest host Tristan Bordway, share the discoveries of parenting and being one of the new children. It's an amazing journey. Join us Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. AIHT offers degrees in interfaith and interspiritual educational programs that enable you to not only find your own authentic spirituality, but to bring your unique gift to the world in service upon graduation. At AIHT, you can get a master's, a doctorate, or a ministerial bachelor's degree, and the doctoral programs are broken down so that you can get a PhD or a doctor of ministry or in the Holistic Theology Program, a Doctor of Theology degree. The programs in which you get these degrees are Holistic Theology, Holistic Health, Holistic Ministries, Metaphysics, and Parapsychology. These courses offer depth and meaning to your effort to learn. This means that in some coursework, you can start at the introductory level and move all the way to the advanced level as you move through your degrees. For example, in the Holistic Theology Program, you can take Judaism 1, 2, and 3, with each level offering a greater depth of understanding, Or in the parapsychology program, you can take psychic skills 1, 2, and 3. 
Those are just a few examples. You can get the whole picture by going to www.aiht.edu. Or if you'd like to talk directly to the admissions director, call Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. What's most important to AIHT's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths, and even to transcend them to find the mystical core of them all in order to facilitate your own journey to your own authentic spirituality. Utilizing as your text writing teachers, spiritual experts from all over the world, the coursework allows students to explore and find their own spiritual experience and path, as well as to become credentialed to bring their own unique gift to the world. So AIHT is changing the world one student at a time. Do you want to know more? Go to www.aiht.edu or contact Admissions Director Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. And today we're talking to Tom North the author of True North, The Shocking Truth About Yours, Mine, and Ours. And what we've said thus far is that his experience of of the story that was supposedly told in the movie Yours, Mine, and Ours was very different than what we got on the front of that story. Um, And he's come to tell us about that because he offers us not just a story about the drama and the trauma of that um, uh, very difficult childhood, but also the story of his own healing and offers us hope for that as well. So Tom, just before we took a break, we what you were talking about how anim, how we when we go out into the woods, we go out into nature uh that the the animals that are in the woods uh sort of resonate back to us what we are projecting. Can you say a little bit more about that? Uh yes, you know, there are many many stories about people who go into the woods and they bring with them a uh, an emotional energy of fear or some negative uh, vibration. And that's what they get from the environment in in a natural uh, uh, setting. But there are also people who go into the woods with a very positive, very loving, uh, very um, supportive emotional content, and that's what they get back. There's a wonderful story about a woman named Kimmy Werner who is a free diver, and she's one of the top free divers in the world, and she was diving in South Africa uh, with some scientists who were studying great white sharks, and she came up from below decks and looked over and saw this big giant fin in the water and had an overwhelming desire to get in the water with this great white shark. Mm. So she put on her little weight belt and her mask and fins, And she jumped in the water, and as she's adjusting her mask, she looks over, and all she can see is this big, giant row of white teeth. And she reached over and stroked the great white shark behind its eye, petting it, and she never had a moment of fear. She felt complete love for this great white shark. And so she rose to the surface, And the great white shark did a circle under the boat and came and stopped right under Kimmy. And she dove down, and the shark gave her a ride. Oh, wow. In in circles around under the boat. And all of this was captured on film by the scientists who were in a shark cage off the stern of the boat. So if you want to see the video, 
you can look up Kimmy Werner and the Great White Shark, and you'll see one of the most amazing videos uh, out there. All but, right. Well, I will be doing that. Yeah. And, and so the, the amazing thing is, is that all she got back from that shark was the love that she projected towards it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really think that's true. I think there's a real communication going on between us and animals in particular because they don't speak our language. We think that they don't get us, but they get us more than Absolutely. we get ourselves, I think, so many times. Yeah. I remember going into the woods myself not long ago and, and sort of wanting to get some guidance about uh, an issue that I was trying to decide what to do about. And uh, one of the, I was really thinking about how still the trees are, and stillness is very important to me. So I was thinking about the, that and realized that the trees just sit and wait for the wind to blow. And I thought, well, that's what I need to be doing. That's I just need to wait for the wind to blow. And I was clear, walked out of there in total peace and just was totally resolved that that's what I was going to do and that's what I've been doing since so it's been very interesting and there you were you you aligned your own uh, mental frequency with the frequency of nature and when we do that we get the answers we seek Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree. And that's also true with our own nature. When we line, align with our own nature, we, we get clearer about what's true and what's false in the world as well. That's correct. So yeah, I write so. about that in my book, and, and I talk about the journey from a very, very difficult state of mind and a very, very difficult emotional perspective uh, towards a more balanced and and healthy perspective in life. Yeah, so what you're saying there, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but what, what I hear you saying there is that you had, like most of us do, developed some behavior patterns that resulted from your traumatic experience, and then you began to, to move out of those as a result of other experiences. Do I have that right? I think you're absolutely on track. Uh, basically what happened is that, is that by the time I was uh, in my adolescence, I had no self-worth, I had a very, very negative self-image, and I really was terribly depressed. And so I, throughout my teen years, I self-medicated with drugs, and I was in pretty bad shape. I suffered from severe depression. And it was not until I was in my early 20s that I began to come out of it. Uh, and the only reason I began to come out of it was because a friend of mine introduced me to, to TM, Transcendental Meditation. And the very first day I started to meditate, I began a recovery. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what was different? What did the meditation well, give you that made you start recovery? Again, you know, when, when a person meditates, they slow their mind down. And they give the mind an opportunity to reestablish the connection with our own essential nature. And there's that word again, nature. Our essential nature is the same, has the same origin as all of nature around us, of the whole universe around us. And when we make contact with our own essential nature, we are making contact with the source of all manifestation in the universe, and that's where healing begins. Yes. So, and, and by that, you're also saying that we're tapping into our own divinity as well. 
And that's what it, that's what we learn. That's what I learned is, is so important is to contact that which is divine within ourselves. Right. Right. And that is our true essential nature that, 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 just like the tree knows how to be still and just be still and just be still and and live from its roots, we have that as well. Only the, the difference, I, I guess, for us is that we could also choose not to live from that. Well, and there you go. Is you know we are we are constantly given reminders of how to live, how to heal ourselves, how to behave uh, on this planet. And we have a choice whether we can listen to those, those guided messages or not. The tree is, a, I love your example of the tree, because it's telling us there are times to be still. Mm-hmm. That's, a great, that's a great message. Yeah, I really think so. I love trees for that very reason. And, 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 I, and I really think that, that time to be still, for me now, you... You can uh, disagree with this if you choose. For me, that time to be still is always. because Not that I'm not moving, not that I'm not active, not that I'm not involved, but the stillness is sort of a quiet within, and it's an effortless effort then that you become engaged in life from the stillness instead of from some nervous energy of your own that usually comes from trying to uh, outrun some kind of problem. Beautifully said. Yeah. Okay. So... So you're traumatic. You started drinking. You started using drugs, just like lots of us do. But the shift that took place when you began to meditate meant that you never again had to use drugs and alcohol, right? Well, that is correct. Uh, I the the when I learned to meditate, I realized that there was a way to alter consciousness without chemical stimulation. And I knew that I was damaging my physiology. I was damaging brain cells by pumping these chemicals into my system. But I was in such a bad state. I was in such internal pain and turmoil that I was seeking any relief from it. And drugs did provide that that artificial fantasy of relief from my problems. And yet, the drugs led to deeper and deeper problems and I was in a downward spiral. So when I learned to meditate, I got the big aha, and I said, oh, this is what I've been looking for. And so I just stopped taking drugs. Yep. I didn't yep. need them any longer. Yeah, yeah. You, we, you moved from one co- a coping mechanism to a reality. Correct. Yeah, and, and, and so often drugs and alcohol are just that. They are a method of coping, and there are, there are millions of different methods of coping. Your mother, this Catholic martyrdom that you described her, that's a way of coping. Um, it's, a, it's an option given to someone. Here's one thing you can do, and, and we do it, and then we cope with life from that, that way, and we do that and do that and do that, and, and for some if we don't find something else, you know, people, a lot of time, and I really want this sort of to convey this to the listening audience, is it's, it's very, very important that we understand that if we just say no to something, if you had just said, well, I'm not going to drink and use drugs again, you would have been using and drinking dr- and using drugs again very shortly thereafter. But if, you ha- but if you find something else that works better, then you can move to that. 
Um, so it's not what we say no to, it's what we say yes to that makes the difference. Exactly. And so we can choose to cope and maintain some kind of, of negative homeostasis, or we can choose to grow out of whatever uh, trauma we have been experiencing, and we can grow into our own essential nature, and that's the key. Mm-hmm. And the more we meditate, the more, we, more information we get about who we are and what's really going on in there at that essential natural level. And uh, we connect deeper and deeper to it as we do that. And we open ourselves to a whole new realm of personal growth and positive interactions with our environment that we couldn't have possibly imagined before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So give us an example of that. Well, I have to tell you that uh, during a meditation, I received I was sort of a, a cosmic download and I received a poem, which I did put in the book, uh, and it's all about light and divine light. And uh, all I could hope when I was, because it came to me in the very early part of the meditation, and all I could hope was that it was still there when I finished. And it was, and so I jumped up and wrote it down, and it was really a gift to me. But if I wasn't meditating, I doubt that I would have received that, that sort of cosmic download. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. There's been so many times when, when I've gotten those kind of downloads, and they don't necessarily have to be about a poem, or although I have gotten ideas for you know, the next direction in my life that way, but, but I also think that uh, it can just be a gentle... Um, knowing about some situation or so who we are or a deeper understanding of the nature of the divine or something that just keeps, we just keep getting more and more information. And it's just a, it's a, a constant source of inspiration and guidance. Mm-hmm. Would you mind if I read that poem? Oh, please do. Yeah, I've got it right here. It's uh, within each of us, there is a light, a light that shines eternal. It is the light of the rising sun. It is the light of the full moon. It is the light of the stars in the darkest night. It is the light of a mother's eyes gleaming at her newborn. It is the light between lovers as they embrace. It is the light in the path of souls on their journey to the other side. It is the light of love. It is the light of being. It is the light of God. It is the light. Be the light. See the light. Shine the light for all to see. That's beautiful. And I was just so thrilled to hear that, as you said earlier, in a kind of knowingness. And, and I just was so thrilled when I got up and it was still there. Yeah, yeah. And then it was real. Then it, then it becomes real when you just kind of go, oh, it's still there. Yeah. And I, uh, interestingly, I was on a meditation course when I was given that. And so I wrote it down and I brought it to dinner that evening and I asked the, the people I was having dinner with, would you mind if I shared something with you? And so I shared the poem, and this woman began to cry. And she was crying uncon- uncontrollably. And we were all very concerned for her. And we asked her, what is this that has been stimulated in you by this poem? And she said, 
I've been hiding my light my whole life, and now I don't have to anymore. Wow. Wow. Yeah, what an hard. open door you gave her a portal to walk, to see through the light through. It's wonderful. There you go. Yeah, and and you know so many that is in all of us. That light is in all of us and in our traumas and our abuse and our our dysfunctional ways of coping with all of that keep us from seeing how much light there truly is inside of us. So we're going to talk some more about that light and a few other things when we come back. Uh stay tuned for more. You don't want to leave for this next segment. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you moving at the speed of everything else? If you are, then you probably don't seem to have the time to connect to your inner spirit, voice, and power. Haven't you wanted to connect with yourself again? Tune in to Intuitively Speaking with host Shauna Gulbrand. You'll be empowered to get reacquainted with who you are. You can find your sense of purpose, learn, and heal with Shauna. This awareness can affect your life and those around you. Intuitively Speaking airs live on Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the program Inside Out, our outsides match our insides. Join host Beth Green along with co-host James Maynard for an insightful weekly journey that lets us all be real with no boundaries. We'll discuss current events, interview amazing guests, challenge old ideas, and see ourselves and our world more clearly. It's about you as much as us. So you're invited to call in, write in, and most of all, tune in. Listen for Inside Out, live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today to Tom North, the author of True North, The Shocking Truth About Yours, Mine, and Ours. And uh, I want before we go any further, Tom, what I want to ask you to do, if you will, is to tell the listening audience how they might connect with you. Well, I do have a website, 
and uh, that is truenorthbytomnorth.com. And if they'd like to email me, they can just email me at uh, tomnorth at truenorthbytomnorth.com. Okay. All right. So if you have questions or things that you would like to tell Tom about, then you can email him at tomnorth at, truenor- at tomnorth at truenorth.com. Do I have that right? Well, it was Tom North at truenorthbytomnorth.com. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you for correcting I, me. It's a mouthful. Okay. Um, I do want to talk a little bit more before we before we go today about uh, the actual process of healing that was there for you. We know that you were healed by meditation and by nature, but there was there were people involved in your healing as well. And uh, I want, uh, if you will, to just sort of talk a little bit about that process and how that went for you. And I think that is such an important point, Andrea, because what I would first tell people is don't try and do this on your own. No one can. Uh, We are all human beings. We are all very vulnerable and sensitive. But we also have an ego that will delude us and tell us that we're just fine when perhaps we're not. I sought help. Uh, Everybody I know who has been successful on on the road to recovery has had help. And so what I would tell your listeners is is get help. Uh, it's, It's critically important. Because otherwise, we will delude ourselves, and it's just very, very important to, to understand that. To Absolutely. Part of that delusion is that we find something that seems to make us at least be not quite as miserable as we were. And that can be drug and alcohols or some, some role that defines us as a good person or a famous person or an important person or et cetera, et cetera. It could be uh, work. It could be all kinds of things that we can just grab hold of and say, well, this makes it better. And those and things are just Band-Aids. They're not really the a healing experience. That's correct. That's correct. So the, the healing process really requires help. And it, re- it requires a, a daily commitment. Anyone who has been through the 12-step process uh, with Alcoholics Anonymous and, and related organizations will tell you that it's one day at a time, is that we simply commit to our recovery one day at a time and suspend judgment on ourselves and on others and if we can if we can take that perspective we've taken a big big step on our, on the road to our own personal growth yes 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 so many times i work with clients who say how long is this going to hurt and my answer is i, I don't know how long it's going to hurt what are you getting from it <laughs> right and that's right yeah. that's a gr- such a great point there's a payback to the pain and, and so we have to decide that there's something better than that, uh, that that negative spiral into more pain. I mean, pain is, is one of life's ways of telling us we're alive. Not necessarily the best way, but it is a way uh, for life to tell us we're alive. Well, we can seek other ways. Joy is another way of life telling us we're alive. Well, I think that's preferable. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. Yes. I, so your process also involved getting your family involved. Tell us about that. Okay. So, so 
one of my brothers called me and said, Tom, he said, his name is Phil, and he said, uh, I'm a mess, and I can't keep a relationship going, and three therapists have told me that my problems arose in a family context, and they need to be resolved in a family context, and so would you help me put together a family therapy session? And I said, Phil, so you're talking about getting 20 people together to forget things, to, to, to talk about things They've tried, they're trying to forget. Uh, and, and he said, you're going to help me or not? I said, I wouldn't miss this for the world. <laughs> so I put together the family therapy session, and it was one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had in my life. Very, very positive. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure it took more than just one. It did, and that's chapter 26 and 27 in the book. And uh, if you're going to read those chapters, you really should bring some uh, Kleenex with you uh, because if you aren't moved by that, uh, then, you know, you have some serious armor around your heart. Yeah, really, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and that whole thing, talk about forgiveness just a minute, if you will. What, talk about what role that plays in this process. So one cannot heal unless one is willing to forgive. And forgiveness is not just of other people. It's of ourselves. And so we, we get a lot of messages, what I call errant software, in the brain. And the process of rewriting that errant software in the brain is the process of forgiving. It's forgiving our own ignorance and forgiving the ignorance of others and forgiving the pain we've caused ourselves and forgiving the pain that others have caused us. And that's instrumental and essential to the healing process. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy and it's ongoing. Yeah, and it's not absolution and it's not uh, a way out and it's not um, doesn't ever doesn't mean necessarily that all the anger and sorrow goes away completely once you've said I forgive you. Um, and that's uh that's leading into my next point. And yes. and the point is is that when we have a an anger or a rage or an emotional pain that has a physiological component. And until we go into the body and find that pain and release it, we're going to carry it with us for the rest of our lives. There was a study that was done by the Center for Disease Control in conjunction with Kaiser Permanente Hospitals. And they studied over 15,000 recipients of government-sponsored health care. And they queried them about what they called ACEs, or Adverse Childhood Experiences. And what they found is that people who were 40 years of age or older and had three or more Adverse Childhood Experiences, the incidence of adult-onset chronic disease was 100% Mm. among that population. Think about that. These people were, are carrying pain from their childhood into adulthood, and what does it result in? It results in chronic disease in 100% of the cases. Well, that's a pretty significant message. Yeah, it absolutely is. And if you're going to carry pain with you, 
into your adulthood, it's going to cause problems later in life. And yet it is possible to root that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's done through therapy, through the work of therapy, through the meditation, through working with your own nature, getting closer to who you are as an essential divine being and, and connecting to other people. So how did, in terms of connecting with family members that with whom you had anger, I know that those two chapters tell about that, and I don't want to reveal that. I want people to read your book, but I, I do want to sort of touch on that just a minute to say, uh, what is that, how do we get past all the the crap, <laughs> just say it, well, the, yeah, the crap, to get to uh, something more real and legitimate between two people? The first step is to have the desire and to ask for the guidance, because if we ask we will receive the guidance. We have to ask with a sincere heart. And we can't say, you know, but not on Tuesday night because, you know, I have, I have my bridge club then. <laughs> uh, and not on Saturday morning because that's when I go for uh, bowling or something, you know. We, it's an ongoing thing. We just have to ask for that guidance and we will receive it. Uh, not necessarily on our own timetable. Mm-hmm. So that's the first step, is, is, is have the desire, ask for the guidance, and then be willing to take the steps that are given to us. And, and the interesting thing is, is that that pain often comes out in the same intensity that it went in with. I, in 2013, I finished 47 weeks of a program called Breakthrough for Men, which is a program here in Carmel, California, where men are given a safe place to deal with these very issues of early childhood uh, trauma and, and poor programming. And uh, my experience was is that the pain came out very similarly to the way it went in. And, uh, and so I was um, very grateful to have had that experience. It was wonderful, wonderful relief to let that go. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and we don't even have any notion. It's kind of like one of those things. You don't know what, you don't know what it's going to feel like under the water till you dive in. It, you don't know what it's, uh, it's going to feel like on the other side of that enormous burden until it's released. You just, we just cannot even fathom that. And then once the release happens, it's like, oh, this is so different. And it's so wonderful. And yet what, what people bring to that experience is they bring their fears into the experience, not knowing that on the other side of the release is, is happiness, it's joy, it's, it's uh, divine inspiration, and it's all wonderful, but we don't know that going in. Absolutely not. Yes, we think it's going to be more like. Well, I mean, the only thing we've got is the paradigm of abuse. Yeah. And so we th- we think that everything that's going to happen is going to end up in a, in abuse. So we right. don't. We just don't see it from that other perspective. We know pain, and so we expect pain, and yet what's on the other side is joy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And the biggest message uh, that is coming from your book, Tom, is is this idea. And, uh, that you know, so many people perpetuate this idea by saying things like, "Oh, well, he, of course, he's acting that way. He came from such a bad childhood." 
um, you know, the idea is that you're damaged goods and it's just, there's just not much hope for you. Of course, you're going to act that way. And what you're saying here is, no, that's just absolutely unfounded. And, and the major mes- message of the book to follow on there is that it is possible to take the broken pieces of a life and put them back together again and become a happy, productive, healthy human being. And that's really all any of us really want. Absolutely, absolutely. And I I have to just reiterate that again. It is so possible to really put this stuff in the past where it belongs and move into the present and be a whole human being. And and that's, uh, that's, uh, you know, something that is... uh, the most fulfilling thing in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really want to thank you for writing this book, Tom. I know it was risky for you to, to, to write that, the, the, the pain um, and, and all the promise of the healing that you put in this book and all the, um, the um, enormity of walking through the, uh, the, the healing process again as you wrote that down. I'm sure that was a difficult process. I thank you for taking the risk to do that because I think you have the potential of healing lots of people with this book. Well, thank you, Andrea, and I appreciate being on your show. Oh, it's been my pleasure, and uh, we're going to be back next week. We're going to be talking, uh, doing an encore performance of Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes as she talks about the joyous body. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.